Today on Locked on Anaheim Ducks, a weekend full of drama in Anaheim, and I'm joined by Rob Leano to talk about the upcoming series with the Coyotes. All of this on today's Locked on Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day, or T-L-O-P-N, or Tlopin. I'm your host, Jason Hernandez, and I'm joined by Rob. But first, reminder, you can hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever podcasts can be heard. My Twitter is at StimpyJD, show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks, and all that jazz. All right, I'm joined by Rob Leano. He was a contestant on last week's Locked on Hockey Jeopardy. Um, whether he wants to admit it or not, he did well to start off Hockey Jeopardy. But in the end, it didn't really matter. I hear him sign over there. Rob, have you recovered from Hockey Jeopardy yet? You just gave me PTSD. I was just getting over it, and you reminded me. So, <laughs> uh, it, was, it was a brutal finish. I was that close. If I got, uh, man, just, uh, two questions I got wrong, and that and, and that just messed me up. It's it's always the coulda, woulda, shouldas with hockey Jeopardy, as other past contestants can attribute to. So let's get right into it. I mean, yes, the Ducks and Yotes are playing tonight. But before that, both our teams had some... Well, my team had a lot of news, a lot of drama over the past 48 hours. And I guess I could start with that because, oy, a lot has happened. So I'm not going to talk specifically about the last game that happened because it was that bad. Thursday, the Ducks got obliterated against Minnesota, which led to the drama on Saturday morning. 9 a.m. Pacific time Saturday the Anaheim Ducks decided to put Adam Henrique on waivers. Were you surprised by this, Rob? It, it caught me a little off guard. I I mean, I've I've watched Adam Henrique before. He's, you know, his plays took a step back than what I've seen him before. But, yeah, I mean, I, I can't really say I'm entirely surprised. I mean, he has fallen off a lot this season compared to last year. Last year, he was the Ducks' leading scorer, really beyond good last season, probably their best all-star caliber player. This season has taken a complete nosedive. He's only got four points in 16 games. For, oh, that's not good. For him to rank 12th in points on a team that's already last in the league in goals per game, you know what's that bad. I mean, that... Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Especially on that kind of turnaround, because, you know, the Ducks in general last year, they weren't great, and... You know he was he was one of the one of the, one of those silver linings, and for him to take that much of a nosedive, you know, but it just tells you the uh, the trajectory of the of the team. And well, I mean, if he's not doing well, uh, this team might might be struggling too. Well, it's the entire first two lines for the Ducks. They're all struggling. Ryan Getzloff is struggling. Adam Henrique is struggling. Kevin Shattenkirk is struggling big time, and he just signed in the offseason. Like I mentioned last year. Henrique led the Ducks with 26 goals and 43 points. So, I mean, he's really fallen out of favor with the Ducks. Uh, But what I did not like was some of the comments made after Henrique had been waived. GM Bob Murray came out with some very scathing quotes, some of which are pretty much blaming the team and not putting the blame on himself and still insisting that the Ducks are somehow a playoff team. Really? I don't agree with that at all. In fact, I want to get your opinion on this quote. I don't know if you heard it, but here's what Bob Murray said. 
Adam is not alone in this, but I'm tired of talking and waiting. We need results and difficult decisions must be made. Do you buy any of that? I don't buy into half the things Bob Murray says, to be honest. I've heard this guy talk for like for ages and ages, and I think who was who was the last uh the last coach before he took over for like as interim whatever. I can't remember who it was. Randy but, Carlisle. Yeah, Randy Carlisle, that's what it was. And he, he and the Bob Murray's like, you know, I'm gonna take over for, for as coach until we find something out. And I heard everything that came out of this guy's mouth, and I'm just like you're just a load of crap, dude. Like, come on. <laughs> I think the fans know this by now. I mean, he legitimately thinks the team is going to make the playoffs. Still. Right now. Why? I mean, if I... You're, if you're any of the California... Any of the three California teams, playoffs isn't something you should even be discussing. <laughs> playoffs? Don't talk to me about playoffs. To quote a former NFL coach, playoffs. Don't... don't Start with me on playoffs, guys. Don't. The Ducks aren't making the playoffs. Let's be honest. And if they are, they're going to get smoked by Colorado or Vegas. Let's just get that out of the way. Yeah, it's not No, it could, not going to be any competition. Hey, at least my team isn't the only one with the drama. I mean, your team's had a lot of drama in the past week and change. So misery loves company there, I guess. Oh, man, yeah. The Coyotes have had quite a bit. I, I'll, say, I'll say this. The Coyotes... Anytime they go on a stretch of good stuff happening for them, a bombshell gets dropped, like 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 an atomic bomb level drop just happens out of nowhere. Yeah, and I'll you know I'll go back to like last year for example. They're like, oh, we got, we're going to the bubble, we're going to the playoffs. John Shaka quits, mm-hmm. and then like, oh, we just had a decent run, and then. Uh, you know, we'll, like we're looking forward to everything going on into the next year, and then the and then you uh, have the draft. The, the, then the draft, you had the combine problem, and then the Mitchell Miller situation. You're like, oh great, and then couple, but winning streak, they fire assistant general manager Stu Sullivan, and then the athletic the athletic article comes out, and he's like, well, who? <laughs> <laughs> well, not so fast. Yeah, the Henrik situation is just a cherry on top of an already trying season for the Ducks. You know, I mean, the guys think Adam's a great guy. Um, I did kind of like this quote from David Backus, where he said, guys love him in the room, and he works his butt off. Obviously, it's a message-sending move. What, so him getting benched last week wasn't a message-sending move? Him getting benched, thus ending his long streak, wasn't? A move sent in a message. I talked about this last week, thinking it was going to get through to him, and it really didn't. So, what does this tell the team? That anyone can be waived, that everyone is on trade, is trade bait, except for Zegris and maybe a couple others. What does it say? I mean, I, I, I guess it does say it's a free for all at this point, you know, and especially if you're on a rebuild, if you're on a rebuilding team, you're just like, well, you know, we'll, we'll literally go with. Like we got prospects, we got it, we got it, we got a system going. Like if we have to completely nuke the team, then we will. Yeah, I mean something that I know you'll agree with because you say that stuff that Murray says is full of crap. Is he lying to the fans? I feel like he always is. Like, what's the best way of putting it? I is, feel like is he lying more than ever now? Yeah, yeah. What um, we what were we gonna say or try to try to say? 
I was, so I was, so all, all I was saying is like it's pretty much the same stuff that I just said before. It's like, you know, it's I, I'm used to hearing a general manager who tries to sell things. You know, they're trying to be the uh, like a sales manager or sales pitch guy, and you're just like, like yeah, I get it. You know, you're trying to do that, but at the same time, like we need a little bit of realism in here. Yeah, he's like, got to be realistic, especially especially this year more than ever. You have to be realistic. You cannot just lie to the fans and say, this is a retooling. We'll be back sooner than you think. No, he needs to realize that it's a long, it's a longer process by doing what he's doing, which I think puts Bob Murray in the hottest of seats. I know he's a little bit tight with the Sam Willies, but you've got to think at this point, enough is enough. The fans are sick of this. Yeah, and see, that's that's. Part of the reason why I liked um, the like the initial hire for the Coyotes when they got when they brought in Bill Armstrong, so the first thing he said, you know, he's he's being pretty real. It's like right now we're not a Stanley Cup team, but we have the talent and we will get there. Um, but it's like Bob like, had said that, <laughs> but he's like, but we have a long way to go. He's like, yeah, we have a long way to go still. And you know, I was like, you know what? I respect your expectations, like. You probably think we may we not we're not going to be a Stanley Cup team this year, and I, I don't think the Coyotes are going to be a Stanley Cup team, but they might make the playoffs. Question mark. But yeah, but they're... going going back to the Murray situation. I mean, this is what Murray put together. I mean, Dallas Eakins should not take a lot of the blame. Maybe some of the blame is on Dallas Eakins because he's pretty much using the same system that he did in San Diego. It works in the American Hockey League. It doesn't translate to this NHL level. It really doesn't. How would you describe that kind of uh, that, that that kind of system? Because I because I know before I think before under under the Carlisle era, like I like I think even I think you almost see the same same thing with Anaheim. It's just so much dump and chase, and that's yep. like ninety percent of the stuff that I see from Anaheim. It's dump and chase. It is a stagnant power play. The cycle game is not there, especially compared to the heydays of the mid two thousands. The the runs they had with the division titles for Dallas Eakins. The one thing that he did do was kind of put some blame on GM Bob Murray by saying that this has been a problem as far as the power play goes, that it's been a problem that's been there for a long time. So he's alluding to the fact that the ducks have been awful in certain aspects, even before he was there. And this isn't trying to like coax anything beyond like performances from the veterans. It has been disappointing. Dallas Eakins can only do so much with the talent that he's got. I mean, they're not on paper as talented as some of the other teams in the division. Let's just face it. They're not. Their talent is in the AHL. Or they're young. They're young. Yeah, because I was having a conversation about this with uh, with several colleagues of mine, too, you know, in here in Arizona, where... And this was happening over the last few years too, and just looking at the, the general manager situation, the prospect pool, and everything, and everything of all the teams in California and here in the in the West, we're just like Anaheim is nothing. At least this was before Trevor Zegers. It was like yeah. nothing really exciting going for them. Like what's in their system? Like I mean, the goals were a good team for a while. They're always one of the top teams in the AHL, at least for the AHL Pacific Division, but like. 
they how does that translate to the NHL? I mean, we're talking going through all of that stuff. And, well, I mean, some of, some of those talents have been traded for other assets. I mean, they haven't been on a good run since they made the Western Conference Finals against Nashville in 2017. This is the part where I put it on management. I mean, yes, look what happened with Patrick Eves and Ryan Kessler. They've pretty much plummeted since 2017. But the rest of the bad moves are on Murray. The Shea Theodore trade, that's on him. The Marcus Pedersen trade. Look how good Pedersen has been doing for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And you traded him for Daniel Sprong, who didn't last that long. And even the lengthy contracts to Silverberg, Henrique. I mean, these are albatrosses of contracts that are going to saddle the Ducks for a long time. And it's just poor asset management. That's the number one phrase we heard from several media members. Asset management. This is not it for GM Bob Murray. Yeah, no, and... And that's that. That's what makes me. I, I still feel lucky to be covering, covering the Coyotes because uh, some of the contracts that Jacob put out during his tenure as GM, it was questionable at first. But looking at it now, I'm like, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> You're lucky. You're very lucky. <laughs> like, I mean, Connor Garland's due for money now, but which is good, which is a whole nother oh, story. He's, right? he's gonna get paid. <laughs> he's gonna get paid. But you know, Clayton Keller, his contract's probably questionable right now, still, but. Other than that, you know, you know, signing some of these young guys to, you know, you know, slightly longer term, longer than bridge, but not long term contracts, and at a lower dollar, like a lo- like a lo- mid tier dollar va- value, like some of these players are pre- definitely performing over what they're worth right now, and they still got two three years left in their contracts. I'm just like, yeah, Chaker, you did a good job. You may not be with the team anymore, but you did a good job. <laughs> See, uh, at least your team doesn't drive you to drinking. <laughs> that, that's all I'm going to say about that. That's it. See, I mean, that's the thing, though, because covering the Coyotes and being, like, uh, have, ever since covering them professionally, like, it's kind of, it gave me somewhat of an emotional disconnect from hockey. I mean, I still have an emotional connection to hockey, and that's with my hometown team. And that, that leads me to drink. But with the Coyotes <laughs> doing well, I'm like, all right, I won't. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll let them distract me to the crapshoot that's happening over to the northwest of me. Oh, cheer, cheers to that, friend. <laughs> all right, uh, we're going to head into the first intermission. And guess what we're going to talk about? We're going to preview the series. And you know who we're going to talk about next? Connor Island. Well, we could talk about him for a minute. You know who we are contractually obligated to talk about for three minutes? Someone making his NHL debut. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that guy. That guy. That, 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 kid, guy. that kid. Ducks fans, you know what I'm talking about. It's coming. I promise. Stay locked in. Welcome back to the party. Welcome back to the Locked on Ducks and Locked on Coyotes crossover presented by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the land. If you want to try Built Bar for yourself, go over to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and what will that get you, Rob? You'll get 20% off your next order. Aren't you excited about that? Oh, that's great. That's a great deal right there. By the way, 
Built Bar is amazing. I can't wait till you get some. I can't wait either. And yeah. I, 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 I've been, I, I've been anxiously waiting for, for my, for my Built Bar packages yeah, to come. But, but in the meanwhile, there's always alcohol. Yeah. With all the drama that's happened to both of our teams in the past week or two, I think we need it. Yeah. I, 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 I as I take a look over to my desk where I just have. Um, uh, finished and polished off the uh, the whiskey that I had left. So hey, you know, I'll I... I'll admit this right now, and hopefully I won't get let go from the network for this. I'm on my fourth glass <laughs> because we recorded a podcast before this with myself, Rob, and Sarah, which you'll hear later in the week and in the coming days. Uh, it was a fun one. So this is number four glass. This is what happens when you cover a team that's full of drama. So I talked about the bad news already. There's good news, Ducks fans. There's good news on the horizon. Is there? Ow. <laughs> wow. I didn't mean to be so so uh, like like uh, sarcastic about that. I was just like, oh, wait. is there? But okay, we'll go with that. There's good news. Because the day is finally here that Ducks fans have been waiting for. Trevor Zegras is going to make his National Hockey League debut against the Coyotes. How do you feel about that? Makes me a little nervous. A, a little nervous. Have, have you seen what he's done? Yeah, well, I'm trying to put it lightly because I'm trying to put on the front for the Coyotes fans out there. Okay, so now it's yeah. time to be honest. How do you really feel? I'm pretty terrified. Yeah, oh, that was the exact word I was thinking of. You should be terrified. Because if you saw what Trevor Zegris did yesterday, you would be amazed. If I saw what he, if if it's anything similar to what I saw him do in the IIHF World Junior Championship, I should be terrified. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So there was a goal that Zegris had, um, kind of in the middle of the game. This is Saturday night's game, where his second goal, he juggled the puck in midair and scored. He batted the puck in midair. Off of minor. Seriously, he did that. Combined with him do, trying the Michigan and then faking the Michigan later that day. I mean, yeah, you talk, you talk about doing a cross-all goal. Then he fakes it. Then he pulls off this move. I'm surprised it wasn't called up sooner. But you know what? I did predict that he'd get called up in the weekend and he could debut next week. So I kind of called this. Um, but um, As long as you stay up. I think he stays up for a few games. I think, as I alluded to, the Ducks should look forward and not on this season. If they are smart, if they're smart, they'll have him up for a few games, try him out, and then send him back down. Because if you have Zegris start his contract this year, it would just be a lost year, and you would lose that control. If you're the Ducks, you don't want to do that. At least... Give him a shot for now. Because Ducks aren't going anywhere. Zegris is killing it in the American Hockey League. In fact, he's leading the American Hockey League in points right now. The goals are 7-1. and one. I know there's a Thursday show for this and we can talk about that. But just Zegris talk for the next minute. He has 9 points in 8 games. 4 goals, 5 assists. And a couple of those goals have been highlight real goals. A couple of those assists have been highlight real assists. So again, leading the league. Oh, by the way, Ducks and Goals fans, Jamie Drysdale is leading all defensemen with eight points, but 
you know, we could talk about that on Thursday. Zegris is that kind of special player that I think could be the shot in the arm that the Ducks need. And by the way, since you did ask about this, Zegris is possibly going to be on a line with Sam Steele and Jakob Silverberg. Not going to lie, that's a pretty good line. Looking at thinking about that, that's a, that's, a, that's a really good forward line right there. <laughs> that's a damn good forward line. Combined with the other young line where you had you had Steele along with Comtois and Lundestrom, now you have two lines that have some youth to it. How do you think this could be affected with the coming couple games? Well, we'll have to see how they uh, they match up against some of the uh, Coyotes lines. they got to see exactly which which ones are going to be li- or lining up against them because the uh, Coyotes might be switching up their lines a little bit. Obviously, I think the short leash line yeah. stays the same because that's the number one line. And mm-hmm. Unless Rick Tockett wants to threaten to break them up again, I don't think I, that's... I, I think Rick Tockett's got to pull the rabbit out of his hat here. Their second line might, stay. I'm assuming, stay the same, which is going to be uh, Kessel, Pitlick, and Dvorak. So that leaves the raster for literally a free-for-all. If I'm the Ducks, you already have, and I was mistaken there, Comtois, Lundestrom, Raquel. That line has been amazing for the Ducks. They're going to say the same. Instead of Denton Heinen, you have Trevor Zegers in there. That top line doesn't strike fear in a lot of opponents. Getzloff, Jones, Terry has not been the line that they want. The fourth line's been decent. That's probably going to be switched around a little bit. It had been Delorier, Bacchus, and Rowney. Or Grant could come back for a game or two. We don't know. But now that I see lines 2 and 3 for the Ducks, line 2 has been stifled a little bit. Silverberg has underperformed. Steele has had a slow start. And Denton Heinen hasn't meshed well with that line. Now you have some youth there. Zegris could get Silverberg going. He could really get Sam Steele going. It's a shame they hadn't played together yet because I think Sam Steele would benefit greatly from having a terrific passer like Zegris on that line. In fact, you know what? I'm going to predict it right now. I'm going to make a prediction on the third segment. I'm not going to talk about that yet. But uh, there's a guy on your side that is pretty talented. I know you talk about him a lot. And someone that I have seen torch the Ontario uh, rain uh, up close. I I'm love gonna, this guy. I'm going to start off with the story. There was a game I covered. October 26th, 2018, at Toyota Arena, or what was then known as Citizens Business Bank Arena. Tucson came into town and ran the current Kings backup, Cal Peterson. He saw five shots, three of them went in. Guess who got points in all three of those goals? Who would that be, sir? That would be my favorite player, Connor Garland. God, your favorite player. Remember what happened last time the Ducks and Coyotes played each other? Oh man, the uh, the uh, the goalie tackle of Connor Garland. We, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that happened. That that happened. The, the look, the look in Gibby's eye. I'm still waiting for that apology. <laughs> oh my God, you're still on that? No, <laughs> he did what he had to do. Hey, I mean, if if if. if... If Gibson can't take a, a a classic hockey chirp, I don't know what's oh, going on. Oh, come on. It was more. Th- he said something really bad. It, it had to piss him off that much for him to tackle him. Uh, what What do you expect out of Connor Garland on, on this upcoming series? Do you think there's revenge coming? I could see easily revenge happening. You know, Connor Garland always wants to 
he wants to attack with his speed and his mindset. He's going to take those shots and he's going to he's going to attack Gibson with all he's got. But at the same time, I'll tell you this: is if it's anything similar to what I saw this last weekend, teams are starting to take note of who Connor Garland is, and they're attacking him. Mm-hmm. Like, look, like, and I'm not mean attacking him by like shutting him down. I mean legit attacking him <laughs> in a literal sense. In a literal sense, if you saw the the series against the Kings, where uh, oh yeah, Austin Strand crash chased him in the head, like. Yeah, Strand, that was a little high there. Connor Garland has a target on his back. Mm-hmm. so He's had that target since October 2018 when he torched the rain. Yeah, They're pretty familiar much. familiar with that. I mean, God, that guy was so good to watch up close with Tucson. And I, and I said this you know, multiple times. I've watched this guy you know, since he was in Tucson since, I think, what was the first year I watched him? I think 2017? Yeah, 2017. I was like, you know, this guy can shoot, but he's a problem with skating. You know, he's, you know, he has a problem getting to the right place at the right time. And because of that, who knows if it will translate. I had a conversation similar with Kat Silverman last week where he's like, well, away from the puck, he's not great. And then it's true. And then the way he developed after that, he's like, well, this guy's good now. So we don't have to complain about that anymore. By the way, this is kind of a telling stat. So, goals fans probably hate Connor Garland. For this reason, in five games in that season, five games against San Diego, Connor Garland scored a whopping 11 points. You think I'm making this up? No. 11 points, five goals, and six assists, including a pair of back-to-back two-goal games against the goals. At your arena, by the way. Oh, the wonderful Tucson Convention Center. Yeah, which apparently has some really good snacks over there. Yeah, I'll definitely be willing to share some if uh, anyone comes to Tucson. Yeah, by the way, you can hear that conversation on a later podcast. Wink, wink, hint, hint. Um, So, Connor Garland might or may not get attacked. But you know what? John Gibson might attack Connor Garland again like I attack these built bars that are sitting right next to me <laughs> because they are delicious. Only 130 calories. You like that segue there, huh? Four grams of sugar and 18 grams of protein. So they're packed with protein and they taste like a candy bar. They're the best tasting protein bar in the land. And I'm sure Rob can tell us a little more about Built Bar right now. Yeah, I mean they're uh, again they're you know, they're they're perfect for the health conscious guy. You know if uh, not only do they taste great, but they're no, they're super healthy for you. And I'll, I'll tell you this: low calories, they're you know, high protein, high fiber, all the good stuff you want in a protein bar. And like what you said, tasting phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Cannot cannot complain from that. I mean, and you know we want you guys to go ahead and try it yourselves. Yeah. I mean, him and I are both runners. We've talked about this off air, but for a runner like myself and Rob, that's the perfect pick-me-up late in the race. So if you want to try Built Bar for yourself, go to BuiltBar.com, enter promo code Locked On, and what will that get you, Rob? That will get you 20% off your next order. That is Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar in the land. And coming up after the intermission, we're going to make some predictions, and those will come on the other side.
betonline.ag. Guys, it is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. And Jason, it covers even more than just sports, does it? They've got reality TV for some reason, but they've got a plethora of stuff. Yeah, reality TV, believe it or not. If you go to betonline.ag right now and enter promo code Locked On, that will get you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And they also have NHL, by the way. They also have they have AHL, AHL score like betting, which is a rabbit hole. I don't want to go down because I tried not, it. Let's not do that. <laughs> I tried it. It is tough. So, <laughs> yeah, I haven't gone down that rabbit hole yet. But if you guys want to go down that rabbit hole, go to betonline.ag. Once again, promo code locked on gets you fifty percent welcome bonus. And once again, that is betonline.ag, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please gamble responsibly. Okay. Predictions, all that fun stuff. I'm going to make a bold prediction here, by the way. Oh, are you? I am. I think that Zegris line, the Zegris Steel Silverberg line, are going to score not one. Not two, but three points over the two games. Which is more than they've scored in the last two games. <laughs> they've scored a total of two games against Minnesota. Or two goals against the Wild. They're going to score more than that on Arizona. Watch out, Darcy Kemper. Uh, well, if you're going that kind of prediction, watch for this... Uh, like the. This short leash line to uh, go no regrets in this one. They obviously Nick Connor Garland. He remembers what what John Gibson did. He's he's out. He's he's also going to be out for blood. Oh, he's afraid now. He's afraid. He's not going to go near the crease. Forget that. <laughs> oh, he doesn't have to go to the crease. All he has got to do is he's got to he'll 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 all he needs to do is set up right near the faceoff circle and he's got it. Connor Garland can shoot from anywhere. Like no no surprise, but not the, the rest of that line too. Nick Schmaltz can shoot, Clayton Keller can shoot, oh, God, and those guys. But here, right? Yes, but here is another prediction that I want to make because this has been frustrating every Coyotes fan for the last you know however many games that they've been playing now. Lawson Kraus will finally get a goal after so many posts. What? He will, he's hit the post like, I don't know, 20 times or whatever, how many times it's been he's hit the post. He will finally get his goal. And that line, you know, with that line of Christian Dvorak and Tyler Palick. So he All will right. finally get that. All right. One. By the way, looking at the betonline.ag stat line, uh, obviously the Ducks are not the favorite because they're the road team. They're a plus 144. I would take that bet. I think the Ducks offense gets reignited after all the drama and now Zegers coming on. Uh, by the way, there's an over/under of five goals. Yeah, they're going over on that. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll bet the over on that one too. Like, I'm gonna make a score prediction for two games. Monday, I'm going to assume that Gibby's going to start. I think the Ducks break out of their slump and they beat Arizona four to two. Four to two. Mm-hmm. In that first game. Yep. Second game, huh. Coyotes get revenge and they win in overtime, two to one. See, for me, 
I just can't see the Coyotes losing three games in a row, especially losing in regulation to the Kings on on Saturday. All those Kings fans there, by the way. Did you notice that? Did you? Did you? It doesn't surprise me. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, but, so, I'll see... Like they'll get some, of, they'll get some of their confidence back, or whatever it is that they left behind when they were playing St. Louis, uh, or after they were playing St. Louis, and they'll get that back. And I say this first game will go to overtime. Ooh, Arizona coming out on top, four to three. Damn. Okay. Second game. This one will be a much low score, much more lower scoring, I'll say in my opinion. And uh, I say the Ducks got that one, and that will be like two to one. See, you and I both have similar thought processes in that the second game is going to be much more lower scoring. Yeah, it would, that, that, that really depends on the kind of goaltending we see. And, you know, obviously. Gibson can literally just not human. He can save anything he wants, mm-hmm. um, In- including and... Connor Garland. Apparently, <laughs> well, he'll—it's more of attacking Connor Garland, but you know. still um... not getting an apology though. <laughs> <laughs> but in the case with the with the Coyotes, Anti Ranta, I think he's still day to day, but maybe he might get that. Maybe he might get a game. I don't know. Darcy Kemper easily. You know, without a doubt, we'll get one game. Mm-hmm. I know for damn sure Aiden Hill ain't getting a game because <laughs> he's not—he's not quite ready yet for to start an NHL game at this time. Like I love—I love the dude. I saw him—I saw him in Tucson. I love him. He's great. Oh, Aiden but, Hill's awesome. But I don't think he's ready for uh, this series. He's—he's he's a not ready for prime time player. Nope. Ah. <laughs> For those of you that got that reference, anyway, <laughs> you're older than I am. Oh, mm, I think that fourth drink may have been too much. Uh, <laughs> any final thoughts on this upcoming series? Uh, it should be a good series. I mean, again, if it's if it's anything like like we're gonna see with the uh, the Connor Garland and uh, and John Gibson rivalry, man, I'm gonna looking forward to it. Oh yeah, you know what? There might be a fight or two this series. There might be some residual testiness between these two teams. What are we going to see? Like, let's. I'm going to pick a pick a player, and we'll figure out who's going to fight. Oh, Nick Deloria is going to fight. He's always up for a fight. Maybe, maybe him up against uh, like a Tyler Pitlick. Oh, come on! No, Deloria could take him. Actually, you know who might get into a fight this series? Ryan Getzloff. Ooh. I'll tell you why. Um, so it was Desharnay who almost need Trevor Zegris last week and tried to injure him. And the goals captain, Captain Carrick, Sam Carrick, that is, you know, you're familiar with him. Oh, yeah. Um, he took on Desharnay and pretty much beat him to a pulp. Because you do not take on Zegris. So I could see, maybe not Getsy because he won't be on the line. But I could see Jakob Silverberg getting into a fight to protect his teammate. There's your wild card fight. 
I actually want to see now that now I'm looking at back these lines. Like I was just paying so much attention to the forwards, I almost forgot about the defense. Yeah. And uh, nothing really likes to excite me like a Jacob Chikrin fight sometimes. Ooh, that could be fun to watch. Silverberg versus Chikrin. That would be an interesting fight. I wouldn't recommend it if I was Silverberg, though. <laughs> uh, might o- not end well. But. The only way he gets into a fight is if someone goes after Zegris. Uh, Which could happen. It, it could. Uh, so we got to wrap it up because we're way over time here. Uh, my personal Twitter is at StimpyJD. My show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You could hear both of our podcasts on Tloppin. Just look us up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, um, MySpace, Angel Fire, AOL, whatever, whatever way you find a podcast. It's there. Just look up Locked on Anaheim Ducks and Locked on Coyotes. Go ahead and do your thing, Rob. Yeah, our, like my personal Twitter account over at RobLeonio1. Uh, last name is L-E-A-N-O, so R-O-B-L-E-A-N-O-1. And uh, Locked on Coyotes at L-O underscore Coyotes. Again, we are also available you know, everywhere. You get your podcasts. And uh, like I tell everybody else, always catch my Roadrunners coverage because I'm there. Every week, except this last week, because they got postponed, which I'm still upset about. But which is why we can, yeah. which is why we can do this today, because you know, if yeah, if 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 there was a game, well, actually, the game would have been in the afternoon on Sunday. But oh yeah, like uh, if it was a night game again, like like a you know like a typical seven p.m. start, like and you'd I'd be, be more tired. tired. <laughs> Not only would I be tired, but Tucson Arena lately has been so cold that my fingers would freeze off. Ooh, that must hurt. It does hurt. And before we go, uh, don't forget to get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for Dynasty, DFS leagues, etc., etc. Subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. And if Scott Cullen was smart, he would put big-time money on Trevor Zegris scoring in this series. I'm just saying. (laughs) I'm going to message him right now. Trevor Zegris. That's what it's all about. Uh, Thanks for doing this, Rob. Yeah, and and thanks to you, too, as well, for for this wonderful crossover. It helps helps keep our content going. Yeah. And I cannot wait to see the Zegris versus Connor Garland matchup. That would be fun. Oh, it will be fantastic. Who scores the most points in this series? That's going to be fun to watch. Um, I guess short leash line. Yeah, let, mm, mm, let's see. Um, I guess I'll close it off with you. For Locked On Ducks and Locked On Coyotes, my name is Jason J.D. Hernandez, and... And my name is Rob Leonio One. And be kind to one another, stay safe, ducks fly together, 